Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Business Power Ups Podcast with me, Mark Cropley. Every week I'll be talking to different business owners and leaders where they'll be sharing their secrets of success, how they started and what they've learned along the way. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Without further ado, let's talk to this week's guest. Hello, David. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank David. you. You just call me my name. See, I just told you, like the only people who call me my mum's Geordie family, but now used to that. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another Business Power Ups podcast with me, Mark Cropley. I'm here with Hassan David Youssef, founder of Zazara Consulting in Brighton. He's a single dad and a lover of life. Hello, Hassan. Hi, Mark. How no, are you doing? Nice. I, I called you David in the uh, in the pre-intro here, didn't we? Because that's your middle name, but you said your Geordie uh, family call you that as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. It's the, literally the only family who still call me David. All my friends and other people go, why are they calling you by your middle name? It's just the most bizarre thing. Maybe they just like English names. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I had a friend at college, and uh, I didn't didn't know until after. And funny enough, he's Geordie. His dad's Geordie. Really? I wonder if it's a Geordie thing. I knew him for two years as, as Paul Bell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hopefully, listen, he won't mind me mentioning him. <laughs> but I then he then told me after T's known his his first name was John, John Paul Bell. Isn't that bizarre? And that, but he's and he still is and always has been Paul. You see, that's I find that kind of strange. The thing is, I've always been called Hassan in all my walks of life. But ever since I was a young boy, yeah, David was always the name I ever 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 got when I went to the northeast of England. So Maybe. that's not suggesting anyway that Geordies are only happy with English names. <laughs> <laughs> They're welcoming lovely folks. Well, obviously but, not John Paul. I mean, well, you, know, you could get more uh, well Christian, <laughs> Christian than that, could that. you? Not at all. Um, okay, so we're here in your lovely office. It's a beautiful sunny day in Brighton. We're looking out over the rooftop. Shame we can't see the sea, but we're a little bit too far away, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are. And actually, a little bit jealous because the, uh, the guys who are in the office, uh, office opposite have a lovely balcony. They can go out and literally were sunbathing there yesterday. Wow, enjoying that's brilliant. Their lunch. Yeah. So at the moment, what? Yeah is your personal area of expertise? I'm a people person. Right. I'm one of the very few technical folk who actually socially interacts well with, with people from all walks of life. Um, I've always been good at, at kind of just, you know, gaining rapport with individuals and understanding people really quickly and easily and, and, and just getting people on side. Um, that is what I'm like. I am overexcitable. I am passionate. I believe in people. I enjoy being around people because I'm interested in what they have to say. And what they what they come from in terms of the you know their perspectives, so that's that's me. I'm a I'm a I'm a believer in people and, and a believer in relationships. And, and how does that translate into your business as well? Well, I think what it does is it, it hopefully gives people, um, and I think my clients have said this, is that it gives them a very personal feeling, right? So we can all say that we do good job, and we all say that we're the best in this and we're the best in that. But everyone's saying that. Really, what is it that makes you quite unique about about you? And and really, you know, it's about it's about the excitement and energy that you give to someone, and and that is that is something that within technology, being approachable and not feeling that you can't approach a person because you're either you know concerned about how you're going to come across or you might sound silly that you you're going to ask a silly question, that's even more important. Yeah. So so I'd say it's 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 that ability to because you you have that relationship with people, it's just so much easier when it comes to advising technology and, and talking about 
you know a person's woes or an issue fantastic yeah, I think that uh, just a second as well I've just noticed yeah. as well this is a, an, another business podcast mistake I just looked at the back of the microphone it has three settings and it's on omnidirectional but we'll still be able to hear you so we're going to clunk it over that, that was, a, was that a technical term absolutely you've got <laughs> single directional and omnidirectional brilliant so we'll be able to hear your, your lovely voice a lot better now thanks um, and we got the we got the noise of Brighton in the background as well, which is great. You know, yeah, it's, it's nice. it shows we're real people Absolutely. in a real office. Yeah, and, we're in the uh, middle. You know, we're on Lewis Road. We're near the level. It's a beautiful day. The sun's shining, and we do feel like we're in the middle of it. Like it's it's quite nice. It, that's the thing. Like it's quite quiet in the office, but with that window open, you still feel you're part of it. Brighton's vibrancy, and uh, yeah, I think you, that's really important. You do you know? sort of feel that here, don't you? Yeah. And they say you just step out there, and you've got that wow. And Brighton has its own uh, uniqueness. And, and I was talking to uh, Richard from Always Possible about how that's, that's moved down the coast towards Worthing now and how there, there's a sort of vibrancy moving out and, and maybe that's a change as well maybe London will link up and there's this whole new world coming but uh, I hope so I mean I think I think Worthing is the next playground I think it already is the next area where people are actually kind of going you know what Worthing has got a lot of things on offer and obviously we were we both met at Colnid House yeah. when it was possible running their week of talks and, and, and gatherings and, and showcases and actually yeah that's the next big conversation I think Worthing is, is going to be and already is at a place that is becoming really you know just as important and that Colonnade House as well is a nice little hub actually and uh, Dan from Don't Believe the Hype's just moved in there himself you know you met him there as well so it, there's this real and, and, and Dan was on here a few weeks ago talking about you know his business which was really great if you go back and listen to that you know there's some, it's a really inspirational story there as well um, now let's just go back before you started the business um, what training did you have what did you do and how did you see your future so I used to work. It's a great question, Mark. I used to work for a, um, what we call what, what people in the industry, technology industry, would call a managed service provider or MSP. So it was a company who essentially uh, would work with uh, companies of all sizes and look after their IT infrastructure. I was the technical services manager for the Brighton branch of this particular company. I won't go into names because it's not fair to them, um, but it was great. I looked after a team of technicians. Um, it was interesting because suddenly I was actually out and about seeing clients a bit more often, which was good. So I wasn't just being that guy who was, you know, you know, poking around with servers and pulling cables, but actually getting out there and speaking to people. And, you know, the great thing of it was, it was 10 minutes walk from my house. Wow. So I could drop off Enzo, my son, five-year-old son, you know, at childcare or breakfast club and, you know, or the nursery and then literally be, you know, at work within 10 minutes. So that, that was a real, that was a real godsend, uh, real flexibility. Now... It was a great job in many ways. I brought on some really big clients. Um, I got one of my biggest clients, which I'm really proud of to this day, which we're going to release a case study about uh, very soon, was uh, Rampy and Wind Farm. Wow. So uh, they, they, they approached us for some services. We ended up doing some big work with them and an ongoing support contract. So I got to really bring, bring in business, and it was really exciting, and it was a wonderful thing to do. Um, uh, but I think the, there's an interesting story here, because back in April 2016... I'd registered my current company at Company's House. So there was clearly something already going on in that thinking <laughs> that I wasn't happy somewhere along the line yeah. or I wasn't happy with how I felt the business was was, was operating in terms of, of, of customers. Um, so it started from then. Um, I think really one's got to look at the underlying reasons to why I probably got itchy feet. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's easy to say that. It was one particular statement that my my boss made to me one month this was near the end and he said to me he said Hassan he said 
I've just been looking over your timesheets this month and I've noticed that you spent you've spent twenty eight point two percent of your time this month seeing clients face to face. Why is that? Right. So I'm thinking, hang on, is he being serious? Should it be being, more or less? Should it, yeah, should it be more <laughs> or less? Right. Where are you going with this one? And actually it, it was going from the perspective of you're spending too much time out going out to see clients, you're losing us money. How are we gonna look at this and how are we gonna repair this? Wow. this? So he saw it as a problem. And I was amazed at this. So I said, okay. I said, well, just well, you know, what is the what is the what is the what is the business going? Where is it going? Well, what are we actually trying to achieve here? Is that well, actually what we're what we're trying to do is get in as much business, get the job done quickly, and move on to the next. And it was at that junction I went, this is not for me. I cannot do this. I understand he's looking towards percentages. He's looking for efficiency. He's looking to to get more done in in, in shorter periods of time. But if you are not spending that FaceTime, either through a monthly Skype meeting or a face-to-face meeting with your client who's paying you regular reoccurring revenue, which is a godsend in this economic time, yeah. then there's really something wrong there. It is about people. Yeah. You know, you you can go to anyone and get some you know, get your iPhone repaired or get your get your map repaired or get your, your, your Mundo's machine repaired. But it's about the people and the person that you trust them and that you believe in them. And at that point I knew I was probably a few months away from so that was the catalyst to lead you in to starting your own business absolutely what what did the day look like when you went in and handed in your notice and said I'm going out on my own what actually happened uh, well he wasn't happy <laughs> he, he could to be fair I mean look he's a lovely guy right yeah. as a personal human being to go out have a drink have a pint go out for lunch absolutely the best guy ever when it came to business absolutely cutthroat highly corporate um, was he the owner driven. of the business? Or he was the owner of the business. Okay, right. Yeah. And maybe without going into, again, no details, but sure. w- um, maybe the, maybe the, there should have been an indication early on when I first started working for him that actually over the years I'd noticed lots of people coming in and out of the business. Right. Business development folk, um, accountants, uh, bookkeepers that seemed to have just been into the business for six months or a year and then left. Right. So it was like, okay, why is that? I yeah. didn't really question that. Um, I don't think he was surprised. I think we both knew it was coming. I think I think he I think he probably we both realised that actually he was asking me to do things that I wasn't really necessarily happy with. So you weren't both of you weren't a good fit for each other. No, not in terms of the business. Socially, brilliant, mm-hmm. really good laugh, and, and we got on very well. Um, but when it came to you know it came to the business um, you know ideology, uh, the, the perspective, the strategy of, of client facing, of of what it means to to look after customers of. You know, also from a technical perspective, I mean, he—I've got to give this guy all due respect. He—he's kept the business running for twelve years, so he kept it running throughout the recession. And as an IT business, that's not, that's no easy feat um, because we all know, you know, um, people's budgets go down and, and, and they fluctuate all the time. So he—he's—he's he's, he's clearly achievable chap. But you know, having done lots of IT myself across both the public sector and the private sector, and coming to that job and then being told, Hasan, you kind of need to do it like this," that's hard to take. That's like someone almost saying that you kind of respect his experience, but also having that spoon feeding aspect was a very difficult thing to accept. I mean, I think there's a great lesson there because, you know, someone that's doing the best job that they can do, clearly this guy was good at what he does, and you didn't see eye to eye with with those, you know, you were more of a customer focused person. Doesn't mean him or you are bad people. No. It just means that you're not a great fit. Exactly. And that. It was that I tried so hard. I think we both tried. Let me rephrase that. We both tried so hard to make it work. Um, it's interesting, actually, in the business, looking from a very basic perspective, one of the things that I was really pushing all the time was social gatherings. So I, every yeah. few months, I'd go, right, guys, what, let, let, shall I organize the next social event? And it would always be met with 
complete tumbleweed. <laughs> and it's like, oh, is it me? Yeah. Or, or is there something missing? Like, what? What's? Am I not gauging this right? What? There was, there was no. Um, we, we, we just didn't want to seem to like hang out together and gel as a, as a team. And, and I think that that comes from him. That came from him because he was very much get in, do your technical job, and get out and go home, and, go and, home. and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a real shame. Like, don't get me wrong. He's clearly made a business work um, for from that perspective of the way that he does things. But it just, I, I couldn't see it gelling with my with my belief system and. And I had to, I had to make the choice to leave because if I didn't, it was going to start to affect my work and also impact on his business, which wouldn't be good for anybody. And I think I had the same things we were talking beforehand with with the business that I eventually sold into, you know, and I had to walk away from, you know, I sold it for shares, I walked away with nothing. But that business that I thought it wanted wasn't a good fit for me. Absolutely. And I think whether you're working for someone or you've got a business that you feel trapped in, you just need to be bold and, and take that first step yeah. and get out there and do it. Yeah. And then I expect you feel so much happier just doing your own thing. I do. I mean, I mean you might not be earning the money you Oh, God, were. no, I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> skimping and saving. Like, literally, like, I had a week of pasta. You know what I mean? You, like, it, it, you do. You, you, you realise that, oh, my God, like, I literally have no social life comparable. And yeah. I've stopped being able to do A, B, and C, and D. But do you know what? I wake up, I'm healthier, I'm, my mental health is positive. Yeah. If that's good, as that's better, my son's relationship, I can be better for him. Um, for my partner relationship it, it, it's impacted in so many positive ways but also I get to drive the strategic direction of my business I mean yeah. I just feel healthier for it uh, as an overall and also like yourself like you mentioned earlier when we're talking just when we're making coffee you're disrupting the business Yeah, and that's how I feel uh, I'm, I'm able to do that in the way that I want to do it um, so it was definitely financially the wrong move to make yeah, but right move in terms of, of my happiness. Sometimes, you know, and, and I've heard it say so many times before, there is never a good time. You know, you, you, you have to sometimes wait till certain cards are stacked up in the right favour to be able to make that move. But the, the time is never perfect. So if there's someone that's trapped in a job or even trapped in their own business, you know, there is no time like now. Get out there and do it and make that change. And, you know, like, like yourself in the early days, I've been like, well, okay, it's beans on toast this week, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you're not, as long as you're not starving, that's the main thing. You just make yeah. do. You make do, don't you, with what you've got. You do make do. do. And then there's other times when I've been able to go down the, the pub for dinner once a week and, and, you know, and then you come back to not be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a bloody roller coaster sometimes, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. No, I totally agree with you. Absolutely agree with that. What recent changes in technology have you seen that would be a game changer to small businesses? Wow, you know, that's a really good question. Um, there's lots going on. Um, we just recently uh, became a partner of HP. Um, Hewlett-Packard, massive uh, global uh, technology company, and you know uh, they talked a lot about trends and about the trends within small to medium businesses. Um, our focus is SMEs primarily. Um, you know, really, the, the the trends are hugely in in um, what we call off-premises or cloud infrastructure. Okay, yeah. You know, there's there's ways now where people are actually starting to realise and leverage the idea of you know what we don't have to have traditional you know what they call tin or servers locally in, in, in an office to be able to run our systems. Actually, what we can do is maybe start thinking about pushing a lot of that, that, that work to the cloud. And actually, what people are finding is that they're finding that their overall costs um, are coming down by 25, 35% over a period of time. So their total cost of ownership is, is being dropped down. And also, in a nice way, the management of those, whatever that is, whatever that infrastructure looks like, is a lot easier and a lot, a lot more cost effective. Because, you know, when you buy a server, You've got to buy the server. You've got to get it quoted. You've got to buy a license for it. You've got to get it installed. Your provider has to do all the configuration of it. It's then got to be physically put in place. It's then got to be tested. 
I mean, you know, that's that's time, that's that, that's a cost, and that's uh, a lot of overhead. So I think people are kind of going, you know what? We can use the cloud in a really clever way to say, actually, this month we might use a lot of ABC, but actually, come let's say July, we'll scale down on that, and the costs are offset. So it's about being really clever with the reuse of your, I guess, your use of resources. So the trends are massive growth in cloud infrastructure and being able to be really clever with what you're doing to get the best out of not only your your, your money, but also of what you're trying to do. Uh, I, I think even looking at my own business, you know, when I first started in 2004 and then I, I sort, of, sort of around 2006, 2008, I had an office and I had, you know, a computer installed in that office. And I remember having to log on to it from home yes. to take control of that, to use the software that was installed on it. Absolutely. And now, I hardly have anything stored on my laptop. Our CRM system is cloud-based. I can access that from anywhere. I can pretty much work remotely. And even as a team, we've got an office in Lansing and an installation centre, but they can go and take the laptop and work down the beach. Right, exactly. It, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And actually, this is the good thing about technology. This is what we should be. Technology, I'm a true believer, technology should work for us. We're not, we shouldn't be working for it. Yeah. That's the idea anyway. And um, what you talked about there is you've talked about what they call, it's a posh term for unified communications, right? Right. So the idea is that actually, based on what we have available to us now, at very low cost, we can be in a coffee shop, at home, some remote location, and actually have all of our phone system channeled through our app on our phone or through our computer. Uh, have access to our emails, to our CRMs, to whatever else uh, management system that we're using, as if literally we were in any form of office, a physical office. And you know, I mean, let's let's go back to recent examples. Remember, we had the, lots of this snow infrastructure, snow effects around the country, didn't we? Yes. And you know, it's how England always stops there when, <laughs> when we have snow. In a way, it's like some people are praying for it because yeah. they get a day off work. But <laughs> there were loads of people who who still were kind of going, we can't get into work, we can't function. And the, and the country lost still in the in the multiple millions. Um, and I don't understand that in this day and age. If if we couldn't get into our office, okay, apart from the physical installs and the receiving of goods, our business can still function. Exactly. So you can still send and receive emails. You can still update your CRM systems and yep. your, your relationship. Our accounts. Systems. Your accounts. Our and phone system is all patched through from a main uh, LAN number to our mobiles. So therefore, you've got the integration, which brings the unified communications in. Therefore, actually, you don't you don't stop. You can carry on. But there was still an awful lot of businesses and organisations who kind of went, actually, we're going to stop dead in the snow, like, literally dead in the snow. Pardon the pun. Um, and they did, and they didn't work for one or two days. And whilst that is, you know, if that's acceptable to them, that's fine. Yeah. There's kind of a part of me that kind of goes, actually, guys, come on, you know, I was I was at home. I was I was able to do yeah. what I needed to do. And and in fact, um, some of my clients wanted me to to just help them set up a few. Some hadn't set up uh, VoIP, what they call voice over IP, yeah. for their phone system on their phone. So that particular morning, in course, in the first snow days, you know, we had a lot of clients asking them to be set up and then they just end up using the phone from home. So it, it worked. Um, I mean, I still don't understand. With the traffic problems we got, and I know people that spend a, you know, a two-hour commute up into London every day, it's like some of those jobs surely could be done from home. And I don't know whether it's just the, the companies know the technology's there, whether they just don't trust their staff enough to get the job done. I think you know, Mark. You couldn't have you couldn't have said it any better. There's there's a huge, I think, a, a cultural paradigm still, and a shift that hasn't taken place with people in terms of their perspectives on that. There's a huge, I think, there's a huge, yeah, sort of grey area where people are just not being trusted to be able to do to do their, their their jobs. And what I'm finding actually with clients that I work with, 
you know, and partners I'm with, actually, they tend to be very quite proactive and actually quite modern in terms of their approach. So actually, you know, just because you happen not to be in the office, you're still expected to get your work done. And if you don't, you know, get it done, then it will show when come deadline time. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a huge thing. An example in question, I used to work for a private school in West Sussex. Um, I had particular issues at the time because I lived for a very short period of time in Southampton and I had uh, childcare problems and issues at the time um, that I had to deal with and some family-related stuff. Yeah. And one of my things was actually uh, I could support what they needed to get done. I had my technicians in school. They were still coming in. They were still able to come in. But I, I could do things you know, remotely. That, that um, was met with huge, huge, um, huge negative response. And actually I had to negotiate that very, very carefully over a period of a few weeks to be able to actually just be able to work you know, half a day remotely. Um, and that was because that school was a very traditional school expect everyone to turn up early morning first doors be there ready for breakfast and 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 and, and do that kind of traditional thing so yeah um i think i think you're right i think it's, a, it's, it's more to do with culture yes. rather than the technology and i think you know we, we don't want to go too far down this this tangent but i think that's the the problem with the education system they're not preparing or they don't appear to be preparing children for the modern world having said that we were talking before we, we've been like doing work with with some local schools that are looking to turn very entrepreneurial and i was told that actually the, the main education system is turning over the next five years to be more about um you know it went to a way where everyone was a winner yes yeah yeah so you even got a 10th place medal and, and crap like that yeah whereas they're yeah. now saying no do you know what when we when we did an entrepreneurial day at a local school there was uh, 200 year seven students um broken down into teams of 10 and only one of those teams won and the other ones basically sorry guys you lost I mean, and you know what? That's not a bad thing. Failure is not bad. No. Failure is good. Failure helps you reflect, learn, look at, you know, maybe what didn't work and what did work. So you go back and you go back stronger. Like, that's the thing, you know, actually, it's raised a really good point. I mean, because my background is, is being uh, as IT manager in educational organizations, I've kind of worked with, with young people quite a lot, and it's a passion of mine, and we're hopefully going to be doing some really interesting social enterprise projects, which is another conversation. But one of the things that um, I recognize is that I think there's a lot of um, uh, fear about failing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I mean, you've probably heard loads of people sort of talk about this and, and maybe people like yourself, Mark, who've been in business a long time, is that actually failing is not bad because it just teaches you to step up, brush yourself off and, and carry on and learn from it. I used to think failure was a bad thing and I used to hide, try and hide it and now I embrace it. Um, I remember when the, the business group I'm in at the moment, I've just taken over, I remember went along and I had a chat and I'd already embraced failure and the first person I spoke to I said, oh yeah, the, the first business didn't go too well and they went, oh, we don't talk about that and I went, why? You know, why, why not? <laughs> really? And I'll quite openly talk about it, you know, and, and I think I, I'm always of the belief, actually, you only fail when you stop trying. So you're just coming up against something and you work your way around that problem. Absolutely. And uh, I think if you're a disruptor, like you said, you clearly are. I think you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have that mentality of being a disruptor if you weren't willing to try some things out and make some yeah. mistakes and see how you get on with it. And that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Like right now, I'm six months just over my business, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, what I thought of in day one, I wasn't going to do. I'm actually now doing. Yeah. And what, what you know, people have advised me not to do certain things. I'm actually doing. And you know what? Hey, there's this. Obviously, there's going to be some risks within that, but I don't mind doing that. Uh, because it, it's it's my choice, and I don't know if I don't do it and don't make that decision, I'll always come to regret, and regret is not a good thing, right? 
No, it's not. No, no, I don't think you should ever regret anything. It's part of you, you know, your formative years. So, and and we're always forming, we're always learning. We should be anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, obviously, we spoke. You're you're a fairly new business, um, although you've been in the industry for a while now. So you're not new to the industry. But what has been one of your worst moments in your business so far? Or what did you learn, and how did it change you? Wow, one of my worst points in business. My goodness me. Now the question is, like, where do I talk about what's happened over the last six months, or an instance from that, or or prior? I mean, maybe even prior, you know, because like you said, you're only a new business, and uh, what what we want to discuss here, actually, the idea of this question is yeah. to discuss failure, like yeah. we just have, yeah. and and how do we get around that failure, and, and how did it make you a better person? <sighs> wow. Okay. So even if you want to take it away from this business to something else, then I can do. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could use maybe. Do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the most recent example as a Zara because I think um, I've learned a lot from it, and I think it might be worth. And, and you know, I can mention it now because it's been gone. It's all done and dusted, <laughs> so that's all right. Yes. Um, one of the things that happened to me uh, when I left my previous position as IT technical services manager was that a number of my really close clients, who I brought on board as a as a new client, found out I'd be, I was, you know, going to be leaving, or I, I basically because I told them. And whether or not you see this as a positive thing or or a <laughs> difficult thing yep. is is your I'll leave it to you guys to, to look at that. But um, the initial response was, if you're leaving, we want to go with you. Yes. Now, obviously, that made me feel good because it's kind of going. The relationship is is I've made it work. You know, I've I've, I've spent a lot of time nurturing that relationship, and obviously, I'm doing well with it. And it's with you, not the company. Exactly, it's with me. So that felt very humbling. It was a great feeling to have. Now. The only problem with that was that, as most businesses, um, depending on what your contract says, there are very clear lines on and covenants about what you should, shouldn't, shouldn't be doing when you leave a business in terms of clientele, yes. right? And you get into very sticky ground depending on how far a person wants to take this. So, okay, fine. Um, a couple of people wanted to come with me. Now, there was one particular client um, based in Anhove, fairly sizable client, really successful, lovely, vibrant young company, just lovely to be with, lovely to hang around with, true believers in trusting you. Once, once you, you know, once you gain that relationship with them, they just, they just came through for everything, and you know, there was a great to and fro with them, and, and yeah, they were a lovely bunch. Um, they've moved now to a different location, but they, you know, there's still parts of them are still there. And these guys were like, look, we, we don't want to work with your old company, we want to come with you. So I went in, we had a few chats, and I said, well, look, guys, you know, I can't really work with you because of this. I've got some really, very careful covenants that I've got to cover me, that do cover me for another year. Um, it is going to be at your own risk and probably my own risk if we carry on forward with this. Anyway, we decided to continue, and a couple of weeks later, I get a phone call from the MD saying, we can't carry on. Right. And it's like, a bit of a shock. Okay, what what's happened? You all right? Is everything okay? We've had a visit from your old boss, and this is where they start to go. Oh God, here we go. And based on conversations from that, we you know we think it's probably best that we just part ways because it would make it easy for both you and us at this current time. And you know what? I had no problem with that. I looked at him and went, I could do one of two things here now. I could be really upset and angry and like try to try to keep them in the contract, or actually I can kind of go, do you know what? What is going to work best for my client okay, yes. or ex-client at this po current point in time? What's important for them? Obviously, the first thing was no. I need to I need to let them go. Yeah. Let them go. Let them carry on and and let them be healthy. And we had a great conversation. And you know that's what we decided. That's what I told her. And she was lovely afterwards. She she said thank you for being so professional. Thank you for being understanding about the complexities and the difficulties that this might face and pose. 
and and you know let's stay in contact but I left that feeling really good and my head was held high because even though I was a, about to enter into a relationship with them it and it was stopped um, I was just doing it not out of any negative any kind of really harsh angle you know I was just trying to pay the bills right we, you know, yes. trying to start a business and <laughs> wanted to be with a client who I loved yeah it wasn't about the money it was about the fact they were just a great client um, so we parted ways and they're with my old guys and I'm sure they're doing well and you know being looked after or at least I hope they are um, and you know that that was a really sticky time and, and the reason why I'll tell you is, is because of this because you know this wasn't just a, a, a conversation with her you know I got threatened with legal action from yeah. my previous organisation and you know there was quite a few letters that went down the line that I had to get some legal advice on from a good friend of mine who's a PhD legal student which is great to have in your pocket <laughs> Um, and yeah, there was some, there was a few scary moments, Mark. You know, there was a few kind of, okay, how far is this person willing to take this, and do I fight this, or do I kind of just acknowledge that I'm not being tricky about this, that I just happened to leave, and this client wanted to come with me. You know, it's not for any fault of my own. And I think one of what I've learned from that experience is that sometimes just keeping things simple is the most important thing you can do. Yes. Don't complicate matters by by thinking that actually this is worth your while um, either for a financial or, or pride reason, pride-based reason. Don't always go for the for the quick, easy financial gain. No. And I bet you if, you know, and depending on how well their needs are being served now, I bet you if someone came along to them and said, oh, who does your IT or who could you recommend, you know, there's a good chance they might recommend yourself. Exactly. And that's, and I, I fairly feel fairly confident about that and you know every so often you know we have a we have a talking uh, relationship with the old MD and I'll drop her a line and I recommended her to actually um, a couple of organisations including Richards and Always Possible or Possibility People now it's called oh okay yeah oh, yeah, right. yeah so okay. I should say um, and uh, also MD Hub it was um, so we did a workshop last year for a new business as part of the Brighton Chamber called Ride the Wave which Richard Freeman yeah. ran and through that we got a mentoring session with the MD Hub and Fiona Schaefer who's who's one of the leaders and essentially it's an organisation for just managing directors right um, and I recommended this particular MD to that organisation and she's now a member so even though I'm not doing business with her and with them it doesn't mean we can't not speak to each other as friends yes. you know it's like and, and refer each other and, and you know she's had some difficult moments and I've, 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 I've heard about a few challenges that she's had but I'm learning from her like yeah. I've taken so many things from her about her, her staffing and resource experiences and what the things that have been going on with her so whilst we haven't done business that it's it's been a really positive um kind of interaction does that make sense Fantastic. yeah and, and that's you know if you'd stuck with that and gone down the road saying well no we've done this you could have stagnated that whole thing yes and i think sometimes you just gotta if you love them let them go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is such an eloquent way of putting yeah. it no it is you've yeah. got to because things come around they, yeah. they do I think if you I'm a true believer in, in, in Buddhist you know um, uh, ideology is that if you put positive if you put positive out there you, you get positive back it, it's not difficult yeah and, and you're, you're, Mark, you're doing that you're doing that with some of the great charitable work and community work yeah. that you're doing and you know how I mean you, you, you're already doing it you know how that makes you feel as a person yes of course as a, as a father yeah right um, and as a business owner yeah and you know if there are there are definitely great people out there who are doing that but we need we need more of that, and particularly, I tell you something within the technology sector. There's some of my um, uh, competitors who are doing great charitable work, but there's not enough of them. Yeah. And it's kind of like, come on, guys, we need to be doing a lot more than what we're doing because you have the resource and the expertise and the ability to to really impact people's lives. Now, whether that's through charitable work or whether that's through um, entrepreneurial advice and and skill sets, um, 
you know, it's but you know either. But um, yeah, we could be doing a lot more. Brilliant. Um, what advice would you give to someone starting their own business today, <laughs> or thinking about thinking starting about a business? It. When you think about it, don't let time pass you. Get it done. Don't stop and think. Oh, I'll, I'll, think, I'll maybe I need to wait a couple of years and save up. Just do it. I think it's the best thing I would say. Uh, first and foremost. Um, secondly, as we've talked about a little bit, Mark, uh, don't expect to be rich because you won't be. Yes. Uh, you're going to take a massive pay cut. Not unless you've got that game changer idea, the Facebook thing, yes. but that's probably 0.001% of the world population, isn't it? Yeah, who are special enough to have that. Um, there's one friend of mine who owns a couple of coffee shops in Brighton, uh, and he came up with this, he shared with me an idea, which I can't disclose at the moment, but he gave me, he told me it last week, and I went, Ouch! That's amazing. So that—that's thing. When you know, when you hear from you, kind of go, "That's got legs." Yes. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying, but I think, I think, advice. I think. Do you know what? I think it's just to not be afraid. Yeah. Just not be afraid. You know, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that you give yourself twelve to twenty-four months, two years, and it doesn't work out, and then you go and work for somebody else as a consultant or freelance or you, you do a paid employment position. There's always going to be work available for you. There's always going to be that ability to kind of do that. And that's not to say that you should give up. Yeah. You know, I'm six months in, and I know I've still got a lot of work to do before I be, be, even begin to feel slightly comfortable about where I'm at. Um, but no pain, no gain. I, yeah. I, I'm a true believer in that you, that you can achieve anything you want to achieve. It's all about drive. And about what you really and I think there's about. so many people stuck in their jobs, and that just reminded me of something. I'll, um, oh, yeah. I, I, I posted this the other day because I was reading a book, and it was a quote. Weirdly enough, it's from the film Con Air. Have you ever seen Con Air? Con Air is one of my favorite. Everyone knows Con Air is probably one of the finest Nicolas Cage films. Uh, actually, I shouldn't mention the other people's uh, in there as well, but it's, it's, it's a fine film. Yeah, well, there's there's a quote, and it was in a book, just as a, a random standalone quote, and I had to yeah, repost this, but it, it's from Con Air. Um, and I'm just going back through my phone. Yeah, so while you're doing so you see, if we're in Nicholas Cage, we've got some other big uh, big hitters. We've got uh, John Malkovich, we've yeah. got uh, Bing Rames. So who's the guy, actually, this quote, and I didn't write who it's from, who's the guy that, he's, he's a funny-looking player, he plays the, the mental guy in there. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yes. So this is Steve Buscemi's quote, okay, and it's it sort of paraphrased. Definition of insanity, this is. Working 50 hours a week in some office for 50 years, at the end of which they tell you to piss off, ending up in some retirement village, hoping to die before <laughs> suffering the indignity of trying to make it to the toilet on time. <laughs> Do you know what? The funny thing was, when that first watch that film, when I was obviously a lot younger than I am now, didn't really listen to that statement. It's only in later years, when I've when I've rewatched that, obviously plenty of yeah. times over, that I've kind of gone, absolutely. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. We can all go in and 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 do our CRM updating every day, and do our phone call sales, and you know have our lunch in the staff room, and maybe go out and sit in the bench outside, whatever in the park, and. And that all, you know, talk about, you know, going out on Friday night. And, all, and that's all lovely, yeah. right? And some people are happy with that, and that's totally cool. But really, is it, is it what you want for the rest of your life? And yeah. if it isn't, if you're that person who kind of goes, there's got to be more to life than, than this for me, then you've got to act on it. And you've as Michael Jackson says, make that change. <laughs> yes. In fact, I noticed you said that earlier, Mark. In a different <laughs> sentence. Yeah, you did. It was great. Oh, I've got all this stuff buzzing around my head. I don't even know it's there. How weird. Okay, right. I mean, that's been a really great interview. There's some fantastic information there. And I just want to go on to some quick-fire questions to a little bit more about you. Thanks, Mark. So could you recommend a book? The Art of War. The Art of War, okay. You've got to do it. Um, I, I think it is just... 
it's wonderful because it talks about how actually it's just it's wonderful but if i take anything from it the idea that the art of war is summarized in a way that actually you can't win the war unless you fight the war it's 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 very difficult to explain it's very philosophical clearly but it's a big book but it, it's just it's a really good way of, of 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 looking at things in a different way in life brilliant okay well, i shall uh, have a look into that yeah. what was the last film you watched do you know what? The last film I watched, this is kind of a bit far out, so I've really missed the fact that I've not uh, watched a lot of foreign cinema recently, so it's called La Jetty, or La Yeti. Right. Not, not Jetty as in, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's actually, if you've ever watched the film 12 Monkeys, yes. with it's it was his inspiration that he used to make 12 Monkeys, and it's a silent film that's based on, so oh, 12 Monkeys wow. is based on. So right. One of my favourite, watch it, it is incredible funny enough I think it was Julie who interviewed last week um, she, she actually mentioned a Netflix series and that was in foreign and I think really? actually out of people I've interviewed so far three people have met, mentioned foreign speaking films um, I think it's time for us to reinvigorate I, I've, I've stopped myself watching them because let's, I'll be honest with you that the foreign films particularly can be very difficult because they, they face they, they, they cover real topics or real like, okay. gritty gritty aspects of life and I've kind of wanted to watch fluffy dramas too yes. much you know so yeah it's time for a change uh, give me one of your greatest strengths sheer I determination think... I think I mean I think yeah just kind of never taking no as an answer just always being creative always fighting always keep that, just sheer determination just of getting the job done and never letting anything get me down. I, you know that I'm that guy who, years ago and still to this day, if something's not working from a technical perspective, I will sit there until it's resolved. Now it's very few times I've had to walk away from that and come back fresh. And sometimes that is good, but generally speaking, I will not let it beat me. And, and nine times out of ten, I, I do beat the technology. So brilliant. Yeah, determination. Uh, one of your greatest weaknesses. Weaknesses maybe too overly friendly I don't know that sounds quite strange but I think sometimes people kind of don't necessarily get that energy and kind of like what is this and what, what's the angle there is no angle um, but I think sometimes it can be construed as, 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 as being a and maybe that's like your relationship with your old boss there you know it's yes. that you're just a different type of person absolutely um, and I think that's probably why we got on so well when we sort of, we're very similar in that energy aren't we so yeah. Yeah. And, and there's so many yeah. people when you start networking and going out in business you suddenly meet so many people like that and actually Generally, people who go out there and network are those type of people. You very rarely come across the the other type. That's so true, and yeah. that's why, actually, yeah, interestingly, you say that because my old boss, he, you know, I always try to, to to get him to come along and join me for what we could categorise as business development networking events. You want yeah. to put it in that way, and he was so far from not wanting to be anywhere near those. Yeah, and. and um, and it was an interesting thing. So, uh, yeah, but um, I guess, you know, we all have to play on our strengths. Of course we do. We're not all, you know, one particular way or the other. But um, I, I don't know. Sometimes my energy um, might be might, might scare people, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Um, and finally, how can we get in contact with you and your business? Oh, awesome. Um, thank you, Mike. Well, essentially, uh, we are online. So you can check us out on Instagram uh, or Twitter. We are Zazara Consult. Uh, all one word. Zazara, Z-A-Z-A-R-A Consult. Um We've obviously got our website, which is Zazara Consulting. So that's www.zazaraconsulting.co.uk. Um, obviously, we're in uh, Brighton, so uh, phone numbers on the website. Um, we're pretty much up early, break of dawn, and you know, pretty much don't eat, sleep. You know, we still work on the weekends, pretty much. So we're just like you know, a machine. But we, um, yeah, we're, we're on that. But also, actually, should be worth mentioning. Every Monday, we do a drop-in clinic. Um, for anybody, literally, you could be 
a freelancer, even a student looking at getting into the industry of technology. But we do a, um, a drop-in a clinic at Bond Street Coffee Shop on Bond Street. Wow. Uh, every Monday from 9 till usually about half 11 midday. And that's just the opportunity for us to share free advice to anyone who wants to, to, to get it. Now, that could be you know, the higher-end corporate small business side, or it could be just a freelancer who's trying to work out how to get the best out of their Mac. That's so, a value bomb right there. That there is. you go. What, how, how can we find out more about the, the, the meetups and, and get involved with that? Is that on? That's on the website. So, okay. if, yeah, if you check on the website and then go to the blog, um, there's a listing there which says Zazari Coffee Tech, right. and it's literally Bond Street Coffee Tech Sessions. Um, go along there. We run them every week, every Monday. As far as I've checked, remember the, the the schedule runs until the end of July, so you've got loads of time. And actually, you'll be looking to do some uh, of that in Worthing as well. Um, uh, speaking to the lovely uh, Meg and Rachel from Shake It Creative, who are beautiful people who are just you know f- uh, really inspirational uh, women leaders. They started. They've been doing that for quite some time. They, they've been doing it in Worthing, so we're looking to do some some um, collaboration with them as well. Yeah. So they do marketing and PR and design. We can do the IT side. So yeah, have a look at the website, it's on there. And if you can't make it in person, just drop us an email. We do Skype sessions as well. So you can't, doesn't mean just mean if you can't make it, if you prefer to stay at home in your gown or you're busy <laughs> in the office, then we can do that as well. That's fantastic. It's been a really great interview. Um, and uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again. Thanks for coming thank in. You. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Hey guys, it's Mark again. Thanks for listening to this week's Business Power Ups podcast. You can contact me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Rockley. Or if you have any questions, please email me mark at whiteboxuk.co.uk. You can find more about my business at www.whiteboxuk.co.uk. I'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your friends. And if you're feeling extra nice, please leave a rating and a review. I'll be back next week with another exciting guest.